mountain, every storm, every trial, every tribulation. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I just stand before you today, nervous. In my brokenness, in my weakness, the Lord has been working this word through me ever since Pastor let me know that I was supposed to be preaching. And I just ask for your prayers this moment. And I thank you for your prayers, the ones who have been praying for me. I can feel it. Um, I thank Pastor Nate for this opportunity to preach the gospel and to operate in my calling. I thank you, and I'm forever grateful to you for that. Thank you to Forrest and her many friends who came to support not me but the gospel going forth. And I thank all my friends, my UPS friends and family that came to support. Thank you for that. Um, there's a word from the Lord. The scripture will be coming from Mark, the fourth chapter. The 35th through the 41st verse. And if you would, if you could, for the reverence of God's word, please stand with me. Mark the fourth chapter, 35th through the 31st verse. And it reads, on that day, when even, evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose. And the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You may be seated. Dear Heavenly Father, I just come to you in my weakness and my brokenness, Lord God, asking you to reveal your word to us today. Lord God, take my weak and my feeble words, Lord God, and accomplish exactly what you would have me to accomplish by speaking your words, Lord God. For we know your word tells us that your word will not go forth, Lord, Lord God, but it would accomplish everything that you would have it to do. Lord God, I ask that you use this preaching opportunity to speak to someone's heart today, Lord God. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So if you would, uh, a title that I will put on this is uh, A Storm That Reveals. 
a storm that reveals. And I think if anybody's been living any, any amount of time, we've all been through storms in our life. We've all been through situations that's been hard for us. We've all been through situations that we know that we couldn't have gotten through if it wasn't for the Lord that was on our side. And we've all had a faith failure. If we be honest with ourselves, we probably had faith failures this week where we've been tested and we've been tried and we've come out only by the grace of God. Not because we've been so faithful, but because he's so faithful. Not because we're so worthy, but because he's so worthy. And faith failure for our condition in our fallen state is inevitable. We can all probably recall a time where our faith has been tested and we failed. A time where we've trusted in something or someone other than the Lord for our salvation. I know some people probably in here mad right now at a friend for not being a good enough friend in that situation, in that storm, in the middle of the storm where you had called everybody that you could and nobody showed up. Not, the, not your coworker, not your friend, not your mama. Probably still mad with one of your brothers and sisters today when it was God himself preventing them from lending a hand in that situation. And we see... We see in this uh, text today that the disciples were right there. Instead of being strong in their faith, instead of going off the track record in which Jesus had laid by walking with them, when he healed many people, he has cast out demons, he performed many great wonders in front of them before this point right here, and he's prepared them for this very for this very situation, for this very storm. We see in the text that it wasn't by happenstance that they were on that boat. And it wasn't by happenstance that they went into that storm, but it was the will of God. It says that on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side, leaving the crowd. They took with them in the boats. So following Jesus, they are following Jesus. They're doing what they're supposed to do. They're in the will of God. Somebody says the safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. Well, the disciples would disagree with you in this boat today. They feared for their life, and rightfully so. They said the waves were breaking, breaking in the boat where the, the boat was already filling with water. They were fearing for their life. They were preparing for death, and it wasn't. And it was a storm that they could do nothing about. They were fishers by trade. Most of his disciples were. So they were in their strength. They were in what they operated in. They were in a comfortable position. They've been on this sea before. They're from Galilee. They are fishers. They, they are people of the sea. But in this situation, God had led them into a storm in his divine wisdom and knowledge and into a storm that um, would claim their life or they would not be able to handle if it had not been for him. So in his divine wisdom, he leads them into a storm that only he can get them out of. And, and that's, our, that's our story today. So he puts us, storms come into our life today 
in order to show us, in order to humble us to a point where we trust and depend solely on him. Not in and on our own, in and of our own strength, but in the strength of the Lord. Storms in life bring you past the place where your intellect, your strength, your friends, your family, your finances, or your perseverance can get you out of. I think it's been, I think we have a couple people who've been through storms today. And they can attest that it's only been by the grace of God that we've gotten to the other side. Amen. And storms in our life bring us to that low place. It brings us to a place where we see our weaknesses. We see where our strength is not holding up. We see where we're not going to be able to maintain this. We can't make it through life this way. And we see that it happens when we choose to follow God. A lot of people think that when we choose to follow God, it's going to be all good. That there will be no trials, there will be no tests. But a lot of people in here can't attest to that it was that point where they started. They made that 180 turn to follow God from following, from trusting the world. That their biggest tests and their biggest storms in their life has come. And he set that up for a purpose. So he wants us to be weak so that he can be strong. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 says, humble yourself before the Lord under the might of, of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And at this point of, of humility and at this point of accepting our weaknesses in our situations, that's when he makes himself strong. When we can admit our weaknesses, when we can admit that we're not strong enough, when we can admit that we're not good enough, that we can admit that we're not smart enough and that, that we don't have it all together, then God can actually step in and be God. It reminds me of a story. Um, Jojo, he was just learning how to pull himself up on stuff, and he was trying to get to where I was on the couch. And he had got halfway on this couch and he just was stopped, like he was struggling, trying to get the other leg up, he couldn't, and he was in a bind, so he wasn't on the floor, wasn't all the way on the couch, and you could just see him, he was struggling. I just, I sat back, Vanika wasn't there. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to see what he was going to do. And a after he got tired of struggling, he just looks up at me with that face like, Dad, help, <laughs> you know? And that's why strength lies. When we get tired of struggling, when we get tired of fighting with it, you just look up and say, Dad, help me, help me. Being able to operate in our weakness, being able to, to call on the Lord and know where our strength lies, where our strength comes from. So he reveals, my first point, he reveals our weakness to us in order to be our strength. He wants us to trust and depend on him in our humility. He wants us to acknowledge him in all our ways. And secondly, storms come to reveal our faith. It's not until a storm comes that we know what we really, really trust in. So storms in your life come to expose what you lean on 
what you trust in and ultimately um, what you have the most faith in. Storms come to expose your heart idols, y'all. When things get too tough, you know that person that you call. You, you know at when, when those storms come, what you rely on. You know that you can get yourself out or you know that your finances will be able to take care of you. You cling to, in those situations, in those storms of life, what you trust the most in. And here we see that the disciples were trusting in their talents. They were people of the sea, so they, they felt comfortable um, handling a storm. But also, God exposes um, what your hope is in. So anytime you have faith failure, you have a, a bad view or a bad hope. So you've relied on or trusted in something that you shouldn't have. And here, the, the disciples were carnal-minded. You see in the text that they saw Jesus healing the people. They saw Jesus removing demons, exercising demons from people. They saw him operating in divine authority. And what did they do? They made a heart idol out of Jesus. Not the God man, but the man. They were looking toward a Davidic covenant. They wanted an earthly kingdom. So when you look at things on earth instead of things above, he says, set your affections on things above and not things below. When we do that, we are bound to have faith failure because our hope is in the wrong things. This thing is really important, y'all, like because once we set our, thing, our, our eyes on the things that are on this earth, it is sure to let us down. It reminds me of uh, the old hymn, times are filled with swift transitions, you know, but, but hold to God's unchanging hands. Everything in this life will let you down. Everything in this life has its limits. Every person in here can go with you, but so far. Your finances can only last you, but so long. Your intellect can only, is finite. You don't, you're not that smart. I'm not that smart. So our faith has to be in something solid. And the only thing solid is Jesus the Christ. And they saw him, but they didn't know who it was that was on the boat. They saw him operating in authority. They saw him doing things that only God could do, and yet they did not trust him. Yet they, they came to him in their unbelief. They came and they woke him up. They said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They didn't come to him in faith. They came to him in accusation that the Lord doesn't care. And don't we do it? As soon as the storm arrived, Lord, Lord, why me? Lord, what is going on? Lord, I, I serve you, Lord. Lord, I do this for you. Lord, I do that for you. Lord, why, why, why am I going through this? But when you, when you decide to follow the world, Lord, you have to expect it. So our storms reveal where our faith is and where our faith is not. He gives parables up into this story all about faith. So it says that on that day when evening had come, he had been teaching all day long until it was nighttime, until they got on this boat. And what he was talking about 
was he was giving parables about sowers and seeds. He was giving parables about how people, how the people were receiving his word. And he gave a couple different types of people, like um, faith issues. So he gave four heart conditions. He's pointing to a heart condition as the reason why we don't have faith in Christ. As the reason why we have trouble trusting him through our storms. So the four heart conditions. Is the hard heart. The hard heart is one that resists the word of God. They just don't believe it. And it makes it easy for Satan to snatch the seed away that that God is trying to plant. So you hear the word, but because your heart is hardened, because you have so many people speaking into your life, because you have so many different doctrines coming in, you can't receive the word and you have faith failures because of it. You don't have any faith. You don't have any root and you're easy prey for Satan. So he gives the first one, the heart, the hard heart. The second one is the shallow heart. It has no depth of soul. It easily accepts the word of God. Good news sounds good to him. And he's excited about it. He's emotional with it. Yeah, everybody wants salvation, right? But then when the trials of life come, when the sun comes up, it, it scorches the seed because it has no root. It has no depth. It can't withstand the storm. It can't withstand the winds. It can't withstand what you will go through when you choose to follow God. So that's the second one, the shallow heart. And then it's the crowded heart. So while he's spreading his word, some fall on hard ground. Some fall on shallow soil. Some fall on crowded hearts. Where they hear the word, but the cares of this world and other deceitfulness and and desires for other things enter in and choke out the word of God. So it's just too much. You, you want to serve God. You want salvation. You want to live for him. But you also want to do what you want to do. You haven't properly repented from the things. You, you, you still don't know how you feel about it. You want to walk the narrow way. But you also want to be with your friends and walk the, walk the wide way also. And in that, your seed gets choked out. And you bear no fruit. And the fruitful heart, it just, it reminds me of John 15, where it says, um, I am the vine, I am the true vine. And he tells them that by staying connected to the vine, abiding and living in him, and his words living and abiding in you, by this my my father will be glorified because you're going to bear much fruit. So how you handle, how you take care of the word of God, how you trust on, how you lean on, how you depend on the word of God. Hebrews 11, it goes into a definition of faith. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. And then it goes into this great cloud of witnesses of faith. All these people that were faithful, they held on to God's word even when they could not see it. How, how we take care of the word of God is how we will weather the storm. And we really have to set our eyes. We have to set our hopes. We have to set our affections on the things above 
Because if we don't, then we, we will experience letdown. And the danger in that is the same danger that's going on in the disciples' day. They had been so practiced with these great teachers and these masters of the law, and they had put their trust in this system that was letting them down. So they were practiced in powerlessness. They were putting their hopes in things that would let them down. And when they experienced failure, their, their bar just kept on coming on down. Every time they, they put their hope in something and it would let them down even further, now they have Jesus Christ right in front of them. A great teacher is what they call it. But just like the other teachers, they, they expect what the Pharisees could do for them in Jesus Christ. He was, just, he was a good Jew, right, at this time. He was a good man. He was a good carpenter even, you know. But their expectation was not the word of God, not from the word of God. They weren't holding on to the promises. They were trusting and depending on their own, in some aspect, their Jewishness for their salvation. They were trusting in the fact that the Davidic covenant would come and they would have a king from the Jews that would reign on the throne and never get off the throne. They were trusting in a political kingdom. They were trusting that somebody was going to come in and dethrone the Romans from the oppression that they were going under. So they had all these expectations, all these carnal expectations. So when Jesus himself was in the boat with them, all they thought about was all those hopes and dreams going down the drain. They didn't know who was on the boat. And finally, the storms in our life reveal who Jesus truly is. The storms in our life reveal his strength, ultimately, even through their faith failures, even through their lack of faith, even through their fear. It says that, that he comes in and he speaks to the storm and he he calms the sea. There's only one person that can do that, y'all. There's only one person who can speak into your storm today. There's only one person who can handle your problems. There's only one person that is worthy of the trust. There's only one person that can deliver you from what you're going through. There's only one person that our hope should lie in. And it, it stems from our faith. Um, one story uh, that it, this reminds me of as a faith check, because this is all this is, is Jesus checking the faith of his disciples. So he's teaching on faith, and then they go through a, a test. Well, I was coming up in my, when I was dating Benika, um, I was driving from Mississippi, and I had, I had got to Bowling Green. And out of nowhere, it was just a down, downpour. I had to slow it all the way down. I had to turn my flashes on. It was raining. I had a whole, whole fleet of cars behind me with their blinkers on, too. They done followed me um, in that. So we were all traveling together. And I was like, it had just got so bad. I didn't know. I thought I was going to pull over to the side of the road. But then I thought about it. My car is gray. 
it's little. Can't nobody. I can't see. So they can't nobody see me. So I'll probably get hit if I pull over. Um, and they always got construct. They had construction going on through this time too. Um, right, always. <laughs> so uh, I pray to God. I'm like, Lord, please, please. I need some help. Please just stop the storm for a little bit or let it lighten up. And as soon as I said that, everything stopped. No more rain. I had went under a bridge. I was so scared. I thought it ain't like I didn't expect it to work. The storm stopped immediately for about that two seconds that I went under that bridge right when I prayed that prayer. And it scared the living mess out of me at that point. But it was so convicting because it was like, all right, so you just you just talking about it then. You know, you don't really believe that I am God today. You think that I'm just the God of yesterday. I could only stop to see. I, I'm only working on my people's behalf on yesterday, on, in the Bible day. Now, I'm working on my people's behalf today. We serve a God who is willing, and so we serve a God who is able to step into your storm today. I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care what you're going through. It is not. We don't have a, a, a Savior who is unfamiliar with our afflictions. We see him in full humanity here. He's tired. He's tired. He's been teaching all day long. What is he doing? He sleep. <laughs> we see that he, he cries. He bleeds. He bled. He died. He was in full humanity suffering what we would go through. He is not one who won't, he, that does not understand what we're going through. And he, is, he is, has the authority to step into your storm today. He has the authority to speak into your situation. We hold hands here every Sunday and as a church, and we give the benediction, and we say that my God shall supply all of my needs, all of your needs, according to his riches, right? And then we go and we live in defeat Sunday after Sunday in the different areas of our life. In parenting, we're living in defeat. We're living as people who have no hope in our marriages when he's already had an answer for it. We're living with, with troubles on our job. We're living without the dependence of him that he's looking for. We are weak. You are weak. You're not strong enough to deal with it on your own. I don't know who I'm speaking to. I know I'm speaking to me because in my weakness this week, I've been through sickness. My household has gone through pure hell. For this message not to get out, please lean. Please depend on God as your strength. It is a trick of the enemy. It's a deceit from the devil that says that you're strong enough to do it on your own, that you don't have to do it in community, that you should be there already that you don't need to come to church, that you don't need this fellowship. He's trying to pull you away from where your strength lies, the people that will lead you back to Jesus the Christ, and he's sufficient today. Dear God, thank you, Lord, for this word. Thank you for your strength, Lord God. Allow it not to go for a void. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen one more time. We do praise God for the men of God who has preached the word of God to the people of God. This is talking about the storms of life. And as we go through the storms of life, or how they, how they used to say, if you ain't been through something, just keep living. Just keep on living. And as, as we go through those storms of life, who will we depend upon? Will you continue to depend upon yourself, depend upon your ability? Or will today, will you surrender 